All right, good morning, Pathway. I mean, isn't that amazing? God healing people, God moving in powerful ways. And, and uh, you know, as we've been saying, uh, as Pastor Kevin said in the beginning, God is moving, so this is the time to lean in. This is the time to be all in. Don't wait while, while God is here. I mean, I've been around long enough to know that things like this don't always happen. And so just because we come to church, that's good. But when God is really, his, his, as we just saying, his, his favor, his hand, his blessing is moving, that's the time to really connect uh, with what God's doing. So, man, we are excited about that. And uh, again, if you're new, welcome. My name is Brian, and uh, we're, we simply want to help you to know God, find family, and make a difference. And thanks for coming and checking us out today. We're in a very special season. As we said, God is moving, and we just talked about that healing people. We're in the middle, actually, we're towards the end of a series called This Changes Everything. And uh, as of next week will be the last day of it. But uh, This Changes Everything. We're talking about... A, the, the, the idea behind this is that God would raise our faith. That's really been my prayer and my heart. God, raise our faith as a church. We don't want to just hear uh, stories that you moved in other churches or other people, and God, you did miracles over there, and God, we, we're thankful for the Bible, but we don't want to just read about those miracles that happened long ago. We want to live them today. We want to experience them firsthand for ourselves. And as I've shared many times, when uh, my wife and I began to start Pathway before we knew anybody, before we even knew it was going to be called Pathway Church, that was the one prayer that I prayed, and I still pray every day about Pathway. God, I want to see you and experience you in a way like I never have before. And so that's our prayer. And uh, I mean, God has been answering that over the last five years. And this changes everything. We're raising our faith. Why? Because come late summer, early fall, August, September, somewhere in there, we're going to be going from portable as a church, set up and tear down in a movie theater where we have to be out, where if our technology doesn't work, uh, we just got to scramble and figure it out last minute. We're going to go from that to having our own permanent church building, and we are excited about that. And so uh, that, that's what we are really excited about. That's what this series has all been about, raising our faith. And so again, thank you so much for, for checking us out. And uh, over the last several weeks, if you've missed any, I encourage you to go back on our podcast, listen to them, to these messages, because you're going to hear a common theme in all of them. And you definitely want to be here next Sunday. It is what we're calling our Big Give Day. We've been talking about this day since March 26th. So as of next Sunday, that's seven weeks. So we've been talking about this for seven weeks to prepare our hearts to give towards this building. We could go take out a loan from a bank, but uh, I, I don't want to do that. I want to lean in what God is doing. I want to use faith. We want to have some skin in the game. We want to be all in and take ownership, and so that's what we're doing. And I've been talking about giving, and today um, we're going to somewhat wrap this up with what I believe, if you were here last week, you can go back if you weren't here and listen to it on the podcast, but if you were here, we talked about in the New Testament, so the Bible has New and Old Testament, and the New Testament uh, in the third book of the New Testament. It's called Luke. Luke was the guy that wrote it. Um, the last week of Jesus' life, before his death and resurrection, uh, Jesus is at the temple, their place of worship. And as he's there in Luke chapter 21, he sees a poor widow, and she gives all that she has, which was two small coins with the value of one-eighth of a penny. And Jesus says, I tell you the truth, she gave more than everyone else combined. 
And so that was a real physical thing that happened, a real illustration, a real example. Today we're going to look and build on that, but we're going to expand it a little more. And you need to understand this really big, that this is God's view of generosity. It's not a denomination. It's not mine. It's not some, some church. This is God's view from his word to us how he views generosity because it is the complete opposite of how culture around us and how we're raised as human beings to view generosity. And so if you really want to know what God thinks about giving and generosity, because sometimes churches and pastors abuse that, and they absolutely do, but we're going to read it word for word what it says and break it down. So check this out in the New Testament of the Bible. Uh, there's a letter that a guy named Paul writes to some Christians that lived in the area of Corinth, which was modern-day Greece, and he writes this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6. He says, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves the, a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two good things will result from this ministry of giving. Uh, the, the believers, the, all the needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met, and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. As a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God. For your generosity to them and to all believers, look at this, will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. So, I mean, again, we talked about last week in Luke 21 that this poor widow lady lived this out. Remember, Jesus said she gave more in these one-eighth of a penny than everyone else combined. That doesn't make sense. That's not logical. She could have given one and kept one. She went from being poor to being a beggar, and, and she didn't have to give it. She just wanted to give it. And now later on, the New Testament is just going to expand basically on this idea of generosity. To me, the one big thought as I read that, and I just try to, anytime you read the Bible, whether it's one sentence or a paragraph or a chapter, you always want to kind of summarize it. Just, okay, what's really going on here? What does this teach me about God? And, and for me, it would be simply this, that God grows what I give. I mean, that's kind of the idea, right, of these couple paragraphs. And that's what he says starting off. In fact, did you notice that the word generous or generosity is mentioned over seven times there? And as we always say, anytime the Bible repeats itself, it's like God saying, hey, pay attention, pay attention. We really need to lean in. The whole concept is generosity. And so that God grows what I give. And, and I think there's three kind of big 
parts of that that we see. In verse 6, he says, remember this. In other words, he's saying, I'm kind of wrapping up this letter here, and this is one of the last letters I'm going to write to you guys, and, and, and I'm going to soon die for, for telling people about Jesus because it was kind of outlawed in that time. And he says, but here's one thing I want you to remember. Like, this is the one big thing. It's not even like how to pray or how to read the Bible. That's very important. But he says, remember this. If you give a little, you get a little. If you give a lot, you receive a lot. He says, this is the one parting wisdom I would love to give you. This is a biblical principle. This is a spiritual principle or law, if you will, that this is from God's idea that, that if I give a little, if I sow a little, as he would say, I'm only going to get a little. But if I give a lot, I get. God grows what I give. Some of us don't have a lot, spiritually speaking, and maybe even financially speaking, and we want to blame God. But it's kind of like the old saying that we say here in our culture all the time, you get out of something what you put into it. And so sometimes we're saying, oh, God, I wish you would bless me. I wish you'd bless me. We just sang the song called The Blessing, right? The last song, may the Lord bless you and keep you. Like, oh, I want that, Jesus. And I think he would say, and I'd love to give it to you, but you're only giving me a little, and so I've only got a little to work with. But, but if you would give me all of your heart, if you would give me all that you have, be fully committed, be all in, then I'll give you all and much more than you can ever stand on your own. God grows what I give. The question is, what are you giving? Here's, I think, the second kind of idea. He says in verse 7, he, he breaks it down, and thankfully he doesn't just say, hey, remember this, you know, give, but, but he breaks it down in verse 7 on how to give and how not to give. Notice in verse 7 he says um, that we should give cheerfully. So that's how to give. How should I give? Notice the first part of that sentence. He says, each one must decide in his heart how much to give. The point is, I'm not asking if you're going to give. I'm assuming that you already are. Remember last week we said that in, in the first book of the New Testament, Matthew, because Matthew was the guy that wrote it, and he was an eyewitness disciple follower of Jesus that there's three things that Jesus says in his most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mountain, the Sermon on the Mount, three things in Matthew 6. He says, when you pray, do it like this. When you fast, do it like this. And when you give. These are three things Jesus says, I want for every one of my followers. If you consider yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, these are three things I want for every single one of you. I want you to give. I want you to pray. I want you to fast. And so Paul here is going to echo that. The Holy Spirit's echoing that, that when you give, you got to decide in your heart how much. As we say at Pathway all the time, we always have from day one. We will never ask you to give. In fact, we're not asking you to give towards this Changes Everything campaign for our new building. But we will unashamedly and unapologetically always ask you to ask God. That's what we said for the last seven weeks. Are you asking God, God, how much would you have us to give towards this building? How much would you have us to give? Because it's biblical. you got to decide in your heart how much. But that's how you do it. You pray about it. You seek God about it. But here's what not to do. Don't give reluctantly or under pressure. And so I hope that you would acknowledge that, that we've, I feel like we've been almost overly cautious to never give any kind of pressure to give. No, it's you do what you want. Again, God will grow whatever you give him. And so really, at the end of the day, it's on us. So not reluctantly or under pressure. Here's the third thing that I see in verse 8. He says, look at this. God will generously provide all you need. Why? So that you can give to others. 
So he says, hey, God's going to provide. So when you give, God will take care of you on the back end. And he repeats this idea three times. So we're talking about generosity is repeated seven times. But even under that umbrella, he enforces this over three different sentences. Look at this in verse 8, verse 10, and verse 11. Verse 8, God will generously provide all you need. Why? So that you can give to others. That's the purpose. God gives to you so you can give to others. Verse 10, God will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. So God increases your resources so I can have more stuff? No, so that you can be more generous. And what is that? More giving. Look at the third one in verse 11. You will be enriched in every way. Why? So that you can always be generous. In other words, that's the heart of God is he wants your heart to be generous. And God is quite truthfully telling you, I will give you more resources, financially speaking, so that you can keep it. Not necessarily. I mean, maybe God will have you do that. But I'm giving it to you because I want you to have a generous heart. I want to know that I can trust you financially, that I can trust you with a blessing, that when I pour out my blessing to you, you don't say, oh, man, thanks, God. I've got it. Now, this is great. We're going to go on vacation now. We're going to stay in the VIP presidential suite. It's going to be awesome. No, God says, I gave you that bonus on your tax refund that you weren't expecting so that you could be generous and give it to someone that needs it. I gave you that bonus at work so that you can give it back to someone else and be generous. I'm trying to produce in you a generous heart because the heart of God is generous. In the New Testament, in a letter called Romans, it says this, that God withheld not even his only son. He gave us the greatest thing ever. God's heart is generous. You will rarely be more more like God as to when you're generous. He wants a generous heart. So I think this is so important. Listen, God is saying, I want you to focus on the, on the output. I'll focus on the input. This is opposite of culture. And it's not just American culture. This is human nature. We are born this way as human beings. Because Jesus essentially said the same thing 2,000 years ago to a group of people. So understand this, we are, are raised, I think it's just human nature, that I got to focus on the input. In other words, I got to focus on my income. How much am I going to get? How can I get more? I'm not saying that's necessarily bad, but that's, that's how we are. How can I get more? How can I get more money? How can I get more stuff? I'm focused on the input. And we rarely focus on the output. But God says it's the opposite in my kingdom. In the economy of God, he says, don't you worry about the input. I'll take care of getting resources to you so much so that you on your own couldn't even match it. I want you to focus on the output. I'm not going to force you to give, but I'm encouraging you to give. Listen, this is a spiritual principle. If you will focus on being generous on the output, on giving, God will always, always, always take care of the input of getting resources to you. I've lived it more than once. I've shared stories every single week. I'm going to share some in a minute. I've lived it. I know it's true. Test God and prove it. Test it. Try it out. What have you got to lose? Try it. If you'll just live your life focusing on how much to give every time you get a little extra, every time you get resources, rather than, oh, God, I got more. I'm going to get, get more on top of my more. No, no, no. God's economy is the opposite. God says, you focus on giving out, I'll focus on taking care of the end. Listen, God gave it to you so that you can invest into his priorities. 
God has given you the resources, not that you could invest in Netflix, not that you can invest in your vehicle, not that you can invest in, in the great vacation. And I'm not saying those things are bad. We do those things at my house. But God gives you financial resources so that you can invest into his priority. My question for you is, is what you're giving to, okay, besides, well, I have to buy groceries to eat and all that stuff. And, and we understand that. God understands that. But with the extra that you have, and if you're like, I don't have any extra, then, hey, come and we'll talk. We'll help you create a budget because you need a budget. You need to have extra. You need to have some margin. But listen, what do you do with when it comes to generosity? I mean, that's the principle. That's what God wants, to, to invest into his priorities. You have the opportunity next Sunday, and really for the next six months, but next Sunday is the big day, to invest into a, a God's priority of helping us to get a permanent building so that when we're dead and God are gone, our kids are still leading pathway, and they're still reaching the lost, and the people in your neighborhood that don't know Jesus yet, they can come to know Jesus, and the people on your ball team, the people at your kid's school, that you can reach and we can serve this community in a greater way than ever before that will outlast any one of us if Jesus waits to return. Are you investing into his priority? That's the question. Listen, I would just say this, and I, and I say it lovingly, but I think a lack of giving is really a lack of faith. It's a lack of trust. When, when we, because I think every one of us in here would love to give, right? I think, I think you know, again, human nature is complex. We're complex people. On one hand, we are, we're just human nature that I got to get more. I'm not worried about giving. I'm worried about getting. And that's the opposite in God's kingdom. I think as well, in addition to that, that when we say, I would love to get, I think everyone, I'd love to give. Oh, are you kidding, Brian? Yeah, I'd love to give for the building. I'd love to be more generous as a person. Of course, I think, I think we all would. But then the question is, why aren't we? I would love to give more. I'd love to be more generous, but I'm not. Why? I would say this. I don't mean it mean. My name is Brian. I'm your friend. All right? I love you. But I would say this to challenge you. Could it be because you have a lack of faith in God when it comes to providing for you on the back end? Listen to me. If you knew that you knew that you knew, if I give it, God's going to take care of it. It doesn't mean I'm going to, you know, if I give $2, I get 200 back. No, no, no. We'll talk about that in a minute. But if I give it, and even though it hurts, like that woman last week, this poor widow lady, I give till it hurts. I mean, I give not so much that I give, but I give, God measures true giving with what's left over after we give. So I'm going to give to like, man, I feel it. Like, it, I'm not just, well, I'll just skip Starbucks this week and we'll just, no, no, no. Okay, come on. Like, everybody, but like, I'm talking real giving, real generosity. We would all do that. Why don't we? Because we're not sure that we can fully trust God. I mean, you would never say it out loud. I get that. But deep down in our heart, that I can really trust that God really will provide. Can I just tell you, if, if nothing else, I know I'm not the smartest, I'm not the coolest, I'm not the whatever, most, whatever. I understand that. But can I just please hear me of one thing that you can take from my life as of this moment? I have lived this principle more than once, at least for the last five years, on a regular basis. When you focus on God, I give whatever you ask me to give. I give it, no questions asked, because I know that I can trust you. Because every single time, you've made it up for me on the back end. You've been more than generous. I have have lived that principle and I am telling you today that the word of God is true trust him and see I'm not the smartest I'm not the most handsome but this one thing I do know because God has put in me a generous heart 
that I give now generously, and I know he'll always take care of me. Hey, the first couple of times when you do that, it's kind of like going over the, over the waterfall in a barrel, right? You're like, oh my goodness, this is scary. After that, it doesn't, it's not so much scary as it is fun. I love to give. I mean, we, you know, Christian, we live to give. Well, yeah, but I really do. I love it. I mean, I, you know, we got our tax refund the other day, and my wife's like, I said this, well, here's what we can do to pay it off. I'm like, huh, we're going to ask God, what does he want us to do? Maybe he does want us to pay stuff. Maybe he wants us to give it, but let's ask God. I, I love to do it. I don't even have a lot. I just love to do it. Because I know he'll always take care of me. Here's the next big thing. That is my giving built to last? Is my giving built to last? Is what you're giving to going to outlive you? I would say this. You know, when you invest in stocks, you, you have a return on investment. Or you invest in a business. So those of you that are, that are self-employed or, or have a stake in your company, you know the, the term ROI, return on investment. And I love that. I, I love I, that stuff kind of interests me, and I'm kind of a nerd on that stuff. And, but, but can I just challenge you a little bit? And let's put an E in front of that. Let's, let's think of it like this, eternal reward on investment. That you, when you give, may not see the results of the giving in this life. You may, you may give generously, and, and oh, God going to take care of it. Yeah, he'll take care of your needs, not always your wants, all right? He'll take care of your needs, but you may, when you get to heaven, I promise you this. Let me tell you, when we get to heaven, you're, a couple things I think are going to really surprise. I think you'll be surprised who's there and who's not there. But that's another message for another time. But I think when we get to heaven, you know a couple things you're not going to say? You're not going to say in heaven, when I was on earth, I just, I prayed too much. I just, I really prayed too much. I was in God's presence. I worshiped too much. I just wish I would have spent more time on YouTube than in prayer. I just, I overprayed. I just, you're not going to say that. You're going to say the opposite. Oh my goodness, throw the TV away. I wish I could be in the presence of God all the time. I want to promote. That's one thing you're going to say. That's another message. You know what? The other thing you're going to say is I guarantee it out of every human being's mouth. You're going to get to heaven and you're going to say, oh my goodness, I wish I would have given more. You will not get to heaven, as we sang in the first song, walk the streets of gold and all that great stuff. You're not going to look around in heaven and say, good grief. I gave way too much when I was on earth. I wish I would have kept half of it for myself so we could have went on great vacations and we could have went and done other fun things and I could have had a bigger house, whatever. I wish I would have went to Starbucks more. I wish I would have ate out more. You're not going to say that. You're gonna, I promise you. Get to, and, and I'll say it too. I wish I would have given more. My, if I would have only known, God, that this is what generosity does, that this is really your heart, I would have given more. And God's going to say, I did tell you. It was in the Bible. And I sent Brian to tell you on April 30th, 2023. Like, he's going to tell you that. I wish I would have given more. So with that in mind, what is giving? I think there's a couple of principles, and I'm just, we've been talking about it, generosity and giving, and I'm just going to lay down a couple of things. So we laid the biblical foundation. We've been preparing the last several weeks, and, and uh, just a minute ago, we laid the biblical, spiritual principle of that, and now we're going to look at some kind of practical things when it comes to that. So what is giving? Well, uh, and generosity. I would say this first and foremost, it is our, an act of worship back to God. So as we sang earlier, and we're raising our hands, and we're praising God for what he's done, and we're celebrating God for healing Octavia, which is an amazing miracle that only God can do, and we celebrate that. And as we're continuing to do that, do you understand that your generosity is equal as that as worship? 
And sometimes we don't think that, but it is. It's saying, God, I thank you that all I have, it's not because I'm smart. It's not because I earned it. It's not because I'm talented. God, it is from you, and it belongs to you. And God, you've just given it to me on loan, and I give it back to you to say thank you. I love you. I bless you. And God, it's all yours. Thank you for loving me. Remember what Jesus said last week in Luke 21. He says, she gave more than all. Why? Because she gave when she didn't have to give. It was an act of worship. God, this is all I have, but thank you. I love you. Generosity and giving as well is, is again, having that all we have belongs to God. We're just stewards of it. We just manage it. Giving and generosity also proves that our faith and trust is in God alone, not our bank account. Again, as I said last week, and just to challenge that a little bit more, but can God trust you with money, and can you trust God? What we mean by that is when God blesses you, that again, God doesn't necessarily bless you to keep it. Sometimes he does, but he blesses you to give it. I think God would give you more, but he says, I don't know that I can trust you, because if I give it to you, you're going to keep it and spit it on yourself, and I want you to give it over here. But as we said, can we trust God? God, that when I give, you're going to take care of me. No, giving is an act proving, God, I trust you alone. I'm thankful for my bank account. I'm thankful for my stocks. I'm thankful for my assets and my home and my income and my education. I'm thankful for all that. But, God, I don't trust those things. That if I lost my job tomorrow and my bank account went from having a lot of zeros to only one zero in it, God, you are my source, and you'll take care of me, and you'll provide. And, God, my eyes are on you, not this paycheck I get every week generosity helps prove that in your life i think as well generosity is putting god first that god you are first in my life i think i think when we talk about that there's three types of giving that we see in the bible and i don't have time to go into all but i'm just going to hit three very quickly three types of generosity giving in the Bible. The first one, the Old Testament really talks about this word. It's called tithe. You hear sometimes churches, Christians talk about it. We don't use that word too much. There's various reasons for that. But that word tithe in the Old Testament means 10%. And the idea was, it was a, a thing from God. So this is God's word, was that the first 10% of whatever income you had, you automatically gave back to God, no questions asked. You, you gave it. And so in that day, they were more of an agriculture uh, culture, and so they didn't really get paychecks like what we would have. And so when I was in Israel about a month ago, we went to a place where they would press olives. And in that day, olives were the lifeline of the country. They used olive oil for medicinal purposes, for makeup, for, for cooking. I mean, you named it. Olive oil was number one. And they would press the olive oil three different times to get all the juices out of the olives and they said the very first pressing of the olives is when it's the best. It's the best olive oil because the juices are fresh. And they're the best juices. The best olive oil you're ever going to get is in that first pressing. And the, the person asked, they said, what do you think they did with the first pressing? You know what I said? I'm like, well, they probably used it for cooking or makeup. And they're like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. And I said, okay. And they said the first thing they did, they went and presented it to God. And they gave it to him. Like, that takes on a new meaning. And when they would have animals, the first animal that they would have, the, the firstborn, that was the healthiest, that was the plumpest, that was the fattest, whatever, they didn't eat it for them. They gave it to God. The first harvesting of their crops was the best harvest. They didn't keep it for themselves. They gave it to God. Listen, can I just lovingly tell you as your, as your friend, as your pastor, as your spiritual leader, that the first 10%, it's not I pay my bills, 
the first 10%, I pay my Netflix, I pay my YouTube, I pay Hulu, I pay well, whatever, I pay my car. No, 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 no. The first thing that I do with that paycheck, whether it's weekly, bi-monthly, monthly, whatever, I give back to God. The first thing you do. Now, does it have to be 10%? Yeah, that leads me to the second thing. God is more after our heart than our money. Like God, he's God, right? He got all the money. He's got all the, he don't need our money, but he does want our heart. And Jesus said in Matthew chapter six, that wherever your treasure is, your money is, your heart is locked in there with it. 2,000 years ago to poor people, it was true. How much more is it for us in America? So listen, God is saying, I'm not after your, your bank account. I'm after your heart. But very often, for many of us, it's a human thing. The only way I can really get to your heart is i got to go through your bank account first. That's why generosity is important. The second type of giving, so we have the weekly giving or, or the, the, every time you get the paycheck. You can set up the auto draft here at Pathway, whatever. But that's the first type. I give first to God. I'm doing marriage counseling, uh, premarital counseling with couples. That's when we talk about finance, the first thing I tell them. You know, hey, the first thing, you, you give to God. The rest of it, you figure it out. But the first part, does it have to be 10%? We can talk about that. I think God, again, is not, it's not a percentage thing. It's a heart thing. So some of us, like, 20% is nothing. You do that. Some of you are like, man, 5% would kill me. Man, just start somewhere, right? Just make sure it's the first. That's the principle. It's the first. So, so the, the second type of gift. So there's the weekly giving there. The second type of giving is what the Bible will call an offering, and in the old day at churches, we would say our tithes and offering. And we don't thankfully say that at Pathway, okay, for a lot of reasons, but offering. Offering in the Old Testament and in the New Testament as well. In fact, that's what Paul, this guy, he's writing about that. Because some other Christians back in Jerusalem were struggling. There was a famine. He says, hey, I want all the other churches to take up a collection, take up some finances to help provide for them. It was an offering. It wasn't just my regular thing. It was over and above my regular giving. So an offering, I would say it like this, really, and there's no set rule, but, but I would say this, that it happens maybe three, four times a year. You know, maybe once a quarter. I, I don't know, maybe more, maybe less. That's between you and God. But an offering is, God, I'm giving regularly to you with my paycheck, the first part of my paycheck. But every once in a while, God, a couple times a year, whatever, I want to give you above my regular giving. Why? Because I love you. Because you're good. I don't owe this, God. You're not demanding it. You're not even asking it. I just want to give because I love you. Remember we said last week in Luke 21, this woman that gave the one-eighth of a penny, she didn't give because she had to. She gave because she wanted to. It's a free will offering. And so there's just some times in your life, and, and we live that, that God, I, I'm not giving this because I'm in, I'm in you know, debt, or I'm worried, or I need you to help me out of a jam. I'm giving this for one reason. God, I just love you. God, thank you. It's an act of worship over and above. The third one of, of type of giving, I would say this. I call it legacy giving or radical giving, radical generosity. I think this type of giving, we see it in times in the Bible. Luke 21, that's an example of radical. She gave literally all she had. She had nothing left. Radical giving. So this happens, I think, to be honest, and this is just my opinion for whatever that's worth to you, but I think this only happens maybe once or twice in a lifetime where, where God is saying, I want you to give it all. You're putting all the chips on the table. You are all in. My wife and I, as we've told this story, have done that at least once. I think that God will probably challenge us to do it again very, very soon. And, but we've, we, when we started Pathway, gave everything. 
we sold everything that we absolutely didn't have to have the ni- that night, like to, to use. So we kept some clothes and a mattress, but that was it. We sold everything, couches, kitchen tables, utensils. We sold it all. Cashed out my retirement account, our life savings at that point. We gave it all. Our net worth, which was like, you know, maybe three figures at that point, a little more, but it wasn't much more than that, went to zero. Our net worth was nothing. And we had two little kids. We had a six-month-old and a two-year-old. Well, that's irresponsible. Well, call it what you want. I call it obeying God and being radical and being all in and obeying what he asked me to give. And so listen, maybe God's asking you to do that. Like, this doesn't make sense, even to my Christian friends. If I ask them, like, I think God's stern in my heart to just give, like, a crazy amount. I mean, amount that, like, in other words, I'm giving more than I'm keeping for myself. That radical. I call it legacy giving because, as we said, that legacy after I'm dead and gone, that's what I'll, one of the things I'll be known for was they were such a generous person. You don't want to be known at your funeral as Scrooge McDuck. I mean, we, and we all know those people, right? And it's one thing to joke about. It's another thing to really be that person. Like, I'm kind of glad they're gone. I mean, they were such a tightwad. They were not generous. No, you don't want to be known as that. You want to be known as like the most generous person I've ever met in my life is laying in this coffin right now. Their generosity impacted me. I hope we could say that of you. I mean, they left a legacy of generosity. That's our heart. So listen, I think there's some principles of giving just very, very quickly. I think you got to understand that it's not about how big our bank account is. God's looking at how big our heart is. It, again, he's not as much interested in how much is in the bank as in how big is your heart when it comes to generosity. What's the whole thing about the uh, Grinch that stole Christmas? His heart grew three times that day, right? So some of us, just to lovingly tell you, maybe your heart needs to grow three times today in the idea of generosity that only God can do. I think another principle, as we said, God doesn't need our money, but he wants our heart. Here's the the thing. We said this earlier. You don't give to get. That is not true. It's not in the Bible. I don't give. God is not the lottery, all right? I give $2. I'm going to get 200 back. No. If you hear Christians tell you that, like, run away. I mean, just rebuke that in the name of Jesus. It's not true. Does that happen at times? Yes. It's happened in my life at times. But is that why I give? Absolutely not. And it should not be why you give because God will not honor that. He will not bless that. You can give a million dollars. We'll take it a pathway. But God won't bless it, all right? But you could give two. And if you give all you have, you give with a pure heart, God will bless it. It's not about what I get in return. No, I give because I want to be generous. God, let me tell you this, can do more with what you, with, than what's left over than you could if you kept it all to yourself. Sometimes in our culture, we think that real generosity is addition. The more I can bring in. But in God's economy, it's the opposite. Real addition is actually subtraction. The more that I can give away. That is how God operates. He can do more with what's like. like, Well, I'm I'm praying about giving and I'm going to give 50% of whatever. I'm going to give 10%. Can I tell you, and you're worried about what's left. God will do more with whatever's left than you could with keeping 100% on your own. He will. Just try him. Listen, and I say this lovingly, by, by not giving, you're disobeying God. And I say that very respectful, very lovingly, but it's a true principle. Jesus, again, said, when you get, he didn't say, if you feel like it, if it, if it jives with your theology, if you pray, no, when you do it. 
Now, the amount and all that, that's between you and him in prayer. What do we read here? When you give, it's not up for option. So if I don't give, I'm disobeying God. And here's the thing, why that matters so much. Like, yeah, I don't want to disobey God, but you don't know my financial situation. That's true. But can I tell you, you're only hurting yourself by not being generous and not giving. You are actually blocking God's blessing in your life. You're actually putting a lid. God will bless you maybe in other ways, but he won't bless you as much as he wants to because he can't trust you because your heart is so hard and your fist is so tightly clenched around your finances. You're actually only hurting yourself when you're not generous. So as we said every week, we have some stories. i got a couple uh, really quickly. Um, of what God has done in my life, and, um, and I wrote them down. I wrote dates on them as they've happened uh, for miracles, and one was uh, December in 2019, December 2019. So again, 2019 was an amazing year, right? COVID, it was just crazy. Um, well, as a pastor, our uh, taxes are done differently than, than normal, uh, normal income taxes. Uh, it's really weird. It's complicated. You know, it's weird. Anyway, we've got to obey it and do it. And so our taxes are weird. We're self-employed. We work for a nonprofit that is a religious entity, all this crazy stuff. So it's filed differently. So at the end of the year, we're supposed to pay taxes throughout the year, which we do. But at the end of the year, because um, it was COVID, um, we weren't bringing in as a church the income that we would normally bring in. And things were extremely tight. We had like $800 in, in the bank. And I knew we'd be okay. We just had to get to next Sunday. Um, and so we had to pay our tax. We had to pay the, the SICA, SICA tax, S-E-C-A tax, and, and we didn't have it. Pathway didn't have it. Amazingly, it was, got, it was a miracle. Out of nowhere, we got a refund personally, my personal, from the government for $4,000 that we weren't expecting. It wasn't planned. We got that. We gave it. We were able to pay the taxes with that. Was there a lot left over? No. But you know what? I'm at the point where I'm okay with that. At least I'm not in trouble with the government. And God took care of my need. There was another one. Uh, when COVID was, was still going on pretty strong, it was still somewhat on the back end, but we had just gotten into this. was October uh, 7th, 2021. And so we had, it was like actually our first week here at AMC back. So we couldn't meet anywhere. Other churches were opening up during COVID. We couldn't meet anywhere because of COVID. We didn't have a building. Again, all the more reason to give for our building in case that ever happens again. Uh, but we couldn't give. And, and so because of that, we weren't paying rent anywhere, but we also weren't getting the income because we weren't meeting every week. And so it was tough. It was tight financially. Uh, we were making it, but just barely. Well, um, get it, getting an AMC, we had to pay, uh, I think it was a month or two months rent in advance. And so we had like just enough to pay that, but that was it. Like we kind of wiped it down to zero. I knew we could build it back up, but again, we're, you know, attendance wasn't quite what it was before because COVID. And so we're trying to navigate all this, just like, just like you were. I called uh, who I consider to be my pastor. I'm going to talk about him in just a second. My pastor's named John Chastine. He pastors Victory Church here in Oklahoma City. I have a couple campuses. And, uh, and I talked to him a couple times a year. And every time I talked to him, he's, well, how are you doing spiritually? How's your family doing? How's Pathway? Uh, and then I was, how's the finances? Because just pastors know how to talk each other's language. And how's the finances? And I, you know, I'll be honest with you. I was not honest with him, okay? I, because they've been so generous to us in the past. At that point, they've given $20,000 to Pathway, two different. They gave 10000 and then another 10000 years apart. And so I'm like, 
you've given more than enough, and I'm not going to tell you the real truth, okay? I'm being honest with him. You can judge me later. But I just, I'm going to be honest. And I was like, we're okay. You know, we're, we're, we'll be all right. God's good. God's good. <laughs> we're going to be okay. And, and, uh, and he said, no, I, I don't feel like that's the truth. Um, he said, I really feel like as I'm talking to you, the Holy Spirit is prompting me that I need to send you a check for $5,000 from our church to your church. And I fell on my knees and began to cry. And I was like, Pastor John, I got to confess, I just lied to you. I'm so sorry. I you know, we, we actually do need that. And that will be a game changer for us. He said, all right. And they gave it. And it helped us get over that hump. And ever since then, we've been fine. We've been doing better, you know, uh, than, than before. And, and it was amazing. One time, Pathway was about six months old. And, and we weren't making very much at that time uh, from Pathway and uh, six months old as a church with the high school, a new family had started coming to Pathway, and uh, they were new and getting to know them. And one night, we lived in a rental house here in Yukon before we bought our house, and uh, we're living in this rental house, and these people knock on our door on a, on a random night. I can't remember what night it was, um, on a random night, and um, I, I thought I wrote the date down, but I didn't. They knock on our door, and it would have been around this time of year. And uh, they say, hey, we, uh, we're just in the neighborhood, and we wanted to bring you guys dinner by, and it's from Swadley's. And so immediately, I just, may the Lord bless you and keep you and his face shine upon you. And I just began to, before the song was played, I just began to bless them in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, the whole thing, because it's Swadley's unexpected and dinner, my love language, all right? And, and so we're, oh, man, thank you, God. That's great. And we're going to know them. And then as they're leaving, they said, oh, and also we want to give you this as well. It was an envelope. They said, you can open it afterwards we leave. I'm like, okay. We open the envelope, and it was a Walmart gift card for $500, and we used that to buy groceries for the whole month, month and a half for our family. It was unexpected. I didn't give $5 a week before hoping that God would give me $500 in return. I was just faithful. When God said give, I just give. Again, I, I focus on the output. He takes care of the input. I love to live that way. It was amazing. Now back to back to this with with uh, with Pastor John. So this week we're coming home as a staff. We went to a conference. We're we're coming. We're driving back home, and I get a phone call from because uh, again we're we're asking other churches to help with with this building. So it's not just us. I'm asking, praying, other churches to help. Sent letters out to about ten different churches, asking you know, showing them. I gave them a line item of of our expenses for this remodel of this building, and and um, and they called me. The staff was there. They can verify this on Thursday as we're driving home. And he said, hey, I, I know on your line item here, you, you budgeted about $15,000 for chairs. I'm like, how, how come church chairs are so expensive? They're chairs that you sit in for 30 minutes once a week. $15,000, that's insane. I'm in the wrong business. And, and he said, I see you got $15,000 for that. I'm like, yeah. And he said, uh, Victory Church, we want to buy every chair for your new building. We're going to give you $15,000. I mean, it's a miracle. As we said over and over again, this is a miracle season that we're in. God is healing people in a miraculous way. God is doing financial miracles. God gave us this building in a miraculous way. We didn't seek it out. He brought it to us. He provided $200,000 for the down payment that we didn't have, that they get, someone gave to us, no strings attached. Like, listen, I'm telling you, it's a miracle season, and we're going to move into the miracle building, and that's why next Sunday is Miracle Sunday. So here's the last thing. you got to be part of what God is building. I love verse 13. 
be part of what God is building. Verse 13 says this, your generosity to them will do what? Prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. Have you ever thought about that? Like, that's what it says. This isn't my opinion or the opinion of some theologian. It's the word of God. It is God's view for you, God's word for you. That Do you ever think that my generosity actually proves that I love Jesus and I'm a follower of Jesus? Because that's what it says in verse 13. There's no other way to interpret that. It's black and white. It's cut and dry. It's as simple. I mean, it, it is what it is. Your generosity proves that you love Jesus. How many of you have ever known some Christians... They go to church, they can quote the Bible, and they're kind of holier than thou. I call them crusty Christians, but they're kind of holier than thou. And, and they, they walk the talk, they got the outside look, they go to church, they quote the Bible. But they're the most stingy people you ever met in your life. I mean, they're rude to the waiter at lunch, they don't tip, and they're just, they're just stingy. They're Scrooge McDuck with the suit of a Christian, right? No. I would say then, does that prove that they follow Jesus? I got some questions. I mean, you may not have all your theology straight, but when you have a generous heart, that proves you love Jesus more than anything. That's what the Bible says. So we have pictures. We got some pictures. I just got these last night at 10 o'clock, by the way. Some, some new renderings of our new building and, and of the inside of them. This is what the auditorium will, uh, will, will look like. It'll look similar to that. We're going to make some changes, but this is part of it. We'll look at the next one. And they're in the process of remodeling it. And so, again, we're going to change some things. So, understand, it may not look exactly like that. We'll share some of these on social media probably later. Where's the next one? That's, that's the auditorium. Some of these are the lobby. And, again, we'll probably change some things here and there. But uh, this is kind of going into the auditorium. And you can look at the next one. This is looking back at the entrance when you're walking outside. We're, we'll probably get rid of these couches in the middle there because why would you put couches right in the middle of a main thoroughfare? But that's what they did. So uh, this artist rendering, and, and this is going to be some kids' path check-in over there um, with some kids' path stuff. And the next one is uh, kind of our coffee connect area. Again, we're probably going to change some things just uh, uh, from what this uh, our architect had drawn up there. But that kind of gives you an idea of what we're looking at. What's the next one? Um, so that's a little closer of our, of our lobby area there. Probably are not going to have cabinets like that, but you kind of get the idea. And then the, I think the last one, um, oh, the Kids Path check-in, kind of get an idea there. And then, and then what's the next one? The kids Path room. And again, probably look a little different. Um, I don't know the, why they went with this crayon drawing of a family. I, I don't know where they got that from. Uh, I've been talking to this guy for months and giving him pictures and examples of real stuff, and that's what we got. So uh, anyway, but you kind of get an idea. So um, listen, next Sunday, I'm calling Miracle Sunday. We've been talking about this since March 26th. It's going to be seven weeks. We said in the very beginning, we need you to pray. We want you to ask God what he would have you to do. And that day, when, when we get to that day, listen, I believe this. If everyone gave, there's no telling what we could do. So before I came today, um, what we needed was about $275,000. Well, now, because of Victory Church, we need about $250,000. Listen, I, not only do I believe God can do that, because I've had some people, some people here at Pathway, to be honest, like, well, you know, God can do anything, but I don't know about that. And I'm like, I rebuke that. Get behind me, Satan. I, I believe God can do that 250, and I believe there's going to be more left over. That's where my faith is at. 
That's where I've been praying. That's what I've been believing. And you can be a part of something bigger than yourself that will change lives for generations to come. So here's the thing. Next Sunday, this changes everything. Miracle Sunday. So these cards that are in your side, I mean, this is, this is the week. We've been talking about it, preparing your heart, praying about it. This is the week. On the back, we have, we have you can scratch out the goal. It says raise 275. I just put 250. And I want you to be praying about that. And then there's ways to give. They're all right there, already listed. And then in addition, you can put your name, phone number, email. And you don't have to do it this week. We want you to pray about it. But next Sunday, we're going to take these up. We are going to pass a bucket next Sunday. I don't think we've ever passed a bucket at Pathway. But we're going to do it next Sunday for this. And, and we're going to have, you can do a one-time gift. There's amounts there. Like I, I have been praying, Brian, the last six, seven weeks, and I've gotten some resources together. Or maybe I won't have it exactly on that day, but I'll have it like a week or two later. Um, but I've been praying. I'm going to give the one-time gift that you've got listed here. Some of you, it's, it's maybe kind of a combination of both. You're like, well, I can give a big one-time gift, but I'm also going to give a monthly on top of that. It's what we would say a monthly offering. I'm going to give my regular amount every week. But for the next six months or three months or whatever it is that you pray about, I'm going to give over and above that to this changes everything to our new building. And then maybe it's just, you know, weekly. I'm just, I can't do the big gift. I can't do the mother. I can just give a little extra every week. 